press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. And happy holidays to everybody who's listening. This is, I suppose, unofficially our, our Christmas episode. Our holiday season extravaganza. We, we've never done one. We Didn't we do one one year where we recorded with a guest? And we were like, oh yeah, this is our Christmas episode. We did. And you was, love Christmas. <laughs> we did. It was with Amanda Lamott. Oh, because she loved, she was like dressed as an elf. She had like an elf hat on. She really got into it. I think we had told her. <laughs> in advance like this is gonna drop during christmas and so she, she got in the spirit which we have to respect <laughs> i love that so much have we done it any other year do you think on our patreon definitely AKA on our patreon Plus. we have because you know if anyone who's really brave and ever like is like really interested in this sort of thing you hypothetically <laughs> could i'm so giggly about this good go back and listen to the patreons from that first year when it was called patreama we had like christmas episodes where we talked about like favorite holiday movies and traditions and things like that oh fun mm -hmm. that's cozy and something that we do every year on our patreon is an annual like sort of a year in review with our best gays and we've done it the last two years and it's proven to be a very fun and enjoyable episode we cover like pop culture topics and basically our favorite you know concerts and songs and movies like pop culture moments it's really really fun our friends are quite culturally plugged in it's honestly fun as hell and stay tuned for details on what's coming this year so we'll see absolutely but yeah happy holidays dylan you're once again reporting from our home i feel like this often happens where you're in the cleveland house recording around this time of the year i know i always try to avoid it. i'm like okay let's book around the holidays we're gonna like have a little actual break where we don't and then the breaks end up in the most random of times I know. <laughs> like for example all of last week there was no pod recording and i was working from home all week because as our listeners will know from our Danny Burstein episode, <laughs> I had foot surgery two weeks ago and to, you know, like fix a toe joint, get some scar tish out, some ligament action. I'm in no pain anymore. And I'm still in my medical shoe though for a couple more weeks. But anyway, so I was home. I didn't go anywhere. So it would have been the perfect time for me to do a little pod, but unfortunately it just didn't shake out that way. It, so. it, was, it was supposed to. It was here we are. <laughs> well, Dylan, if I had a nickel. <laughs> Can I just say, and I'm going to leave this as vague as possible, but because there is all the love in my heart. And when this guest ultimately does come on the show, we'll say it finally happened. We have been in talks with someone since like 2020, I want to say, about recording. <laughs> and it was going to happen at long last. And it didn't due to illness. In fact, like day of this time, like yeah. it was really, and actually rescheduled a few times during the weeks leading up to it anyway. So I should have known it wasn't going to happen, but one day you know, it will, and it's going to be when the time is right. incredible. And cause this is someone we really want and we love. And that's why we're every time that they have to reschedule or we have had to reschedule, it's always been like, oh, no worries. Like, well, it'll happen. Like I could never hate this person cause I'm, mm -hmm. I love their talent and personality well tis the season you know we would be remiss not to include in this episode that 
it is a difficult time in the McDowell family. And I want to dedicate this episode to our beloved Grandma Mickey, who passed away earlier this week. And if you follow Connor and I on our personal social media pages, we've posted just a little bit about everything that's been going on. But yeah, our family has suffered a, a huge loss. I know it's it's extremely bittersweet going into the holidays because normally that would be a time when it's like enjoy spending it with your family everyone's excited you're off work you're this you're that but as you said monumental loss in our family I mean our grandma was our last living grandparent but also the glue that really holds our immediate families amongst her children and us cousins and everyone together and she was suffering for a really long time But we luckily got to live with our grandmother, which I know isn't everyone's experience, but I'm so happy we did get as much time as we did. And she was so sick for honestly her entire life. So I'm glad she's finally at peace and she's no longer suffering. I don't know if it's really hit me yet, Dylan. It's weird. Death always affects me in different ways. And especially one when it's been, you've seen it coming for so long, like, just because she's had so many ups and downs. I mean, she's had 27 lives, not nine, not, wait, is 27 the multiple of three? That's, okay, wait, nine, eight, eight. Uh-huh. Wait, I did math. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And when you say that she's been sick her whole life, I think that that's a vague statement in a way because I don't think she would ever want anyone to say she had a hard life because I think she would say she had a blessed life because she was extremely religious. And our grandmother was someone who, from the time she was 23 years old, had rheumatoid arthritis that basically crippled all of her joints and muscles. And through all of it, she had three children, seven grandchildren, stayed in the most amazing positive spirits through literally everything. Someone who truly, the only time I heard her complain was if she was too cold. I'm like, oh, can we turn the heat on? Or can I have a blanket? Never. Oh, my joints are aching. Or, oh, I can't lift my my right hand up. You know, things like that. So it was, she's always been an inspiration in that way. And- when there was a rumor going around that I might be giving a eulogy at her funeral, it gave me a lot of time to think about her and her life. And I'll definitely put words down. I'm kind of relieved that I'm not going to because it's such an undertaking. How do you celebrate the life of someone who, like you said, is monumental without making a monument for them, basically? So 100%. And I need to hear your eulogy. I was so looking I'll forward to it, together. You write the bios for all of our guests that come on this very podcast. I think there's maybe two times that you have, but yeah. Oh, and, you're right. Um, there are one time two. I was like, do you mind taking a crack at that? And you go, mm, And then I was like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> it's so funny. Wait, the last bit about our good old grandma is that it's very interesting. And I've noticed this in a lot of like reality shows where you see a queer grandchild and a grandparent that oftentimes grandparents are accepting of their grandchildren and in ways that sometimes parents aren't. We're lucky that we've had acceptance trickle down all the way. And with someone who is so devotedly Catholic, like we were very lucky that our grandma loved us and accepted us through everything. She attended every show, musical, cabaret. I know she was very proud of us with the podcast. And so, like I said earlier, we are definitely dedicating this podcast to her. And as cheesy as it is, every time someone loses a loved one, I hear them say, call your call your grandma, call your grandpa, call that relative in your life, I do recommend doing it because it'll make their day. And you never know when your conversation with someone is going to be the last. And on that note, we're going to take a break. I'm just kidding. Do it. This is where we entered. I should leave. That is so funny. But beautifully said, Dylan, I really have nothing more to say. 
That was so beautifully said. And I am looking forward to celebrating her life this week and weekend. I know everyone grieves differently. Totally. No shame, no tea, no shade. But I'm looking forward to just celebrating her almost 88 years of life with our fam during the uh, most wonderful time of the year, which for some is the holiday season. For me is obviously, you know, award season, whether it be the Tonys, whether it be the Oscars. Uh You know, I couldn't go without the Grammys, to be honest with you. But (laughs) we have a January Emmys. We have a January Golden Globes. Okay, wait, I didn't realize the Emmys were happening. Yeah, they pushed it during the strike because they were like, oh, it'll probably be resolved by then. Girl, the strike. (laughs) I miss girl, the strike, (laughs) but I'm glad the strike is resolved. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so the Emmys are going to be on January 14th. Okay, that's the one that's later. So that's Sunday the 14th. I think the Globes is... It's January 7th. Oh, oh, they're not on Monday. Why am I thinking it's on a Monday? Thankfully, they're both on Sundays. I've got my, uh, you know, award show watch parties to plan not that i ever have them but i'm so excited like i know it's well documented on the pod how much we love pop culture at large outside of theater but this time of year truly is such an abundant provides such an abundance of content to consume between the new movies that come out the excitement around the awards all the interviews and press and you know the fun content that's shared online about you know, awards and actors and, you know, we have varieties, actors on actors and all of it is obviously a campaign and promotional tool, but it's so fun for me to consume. So I'm just, oh, and you're truly a cinephile in a way that I always knew that you loved movies and Hollywood and all that more than me. I've realized it even more this year, like how much you immerse yourself in it all. Well, I feel like what I like more than you is I'm more into the celebrity side of it. And I love following actors and watching interviews and, you know, obsessing over performers and making sure I like go through all of their important works. Whereas you are though, Dylan, such a cinephile. You're always putting on a movie at home. Whereas I'd probably go to the movies to watch, but you watch movies at home all the time. I wish I was like you though, because I know that you neurotically have a list of all the movies you've seen. Is that what it is? (laughs) I know. I make a list every year of every movie I watch. I love that. I worry that if I were to do it starting now in my head, I'd be like, well, I need to work backwards now and backtrack Ugh. on the, cause you and I have been watching movies forever. I mean, my goodness, like, but you, you even list repeats. Like I'll put La La Land again, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like, something like that. Okay. Like, or yeah, I think I usually write again. I do have a list of every show, like Broadway show, play, performance, concert, event, anything I've ever gone to in New York and that I've seen. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we started going as kids. <gasps> So you know how many theaters you've been in? I mean, I've, yeah, we've been, I've Probably been theaters. in 40 of the 41. Yeah, 40 mm-hmm. of the 41? Mm-hmm. I would assume you have Is too. the Minskoff the last? Yeah, well, it's actually, yeah. I mean, I suppose I have been in that one because I saw the Easter bonnet there. Okay. In 20, I want to say 19, but, and I also fell asleep during it, but it oh was, my God. Um, the sleep apnea was hitting me hard, girl. But I wouldn't count that as like seeing a show in a Broadway theater because I don't, I don't count that as a Broadway show. The Easter bonnet. Okay. The technicalities here. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm ridiculous like that. Don't get too caught up in it. That's my thing with my my movies I've watched in 2020 whatever list. Mm -hmm. I think I've done it the last three years. I want to say you started it with the pandemic. Because I think you became really into like, there wasn't anything else going on. It was a perfect time to sort of. (laughs) Oh my God. The amount of like movies you should watch or have seen. I'm not a letterboxed guy. I, I know that's very big. I don't love the idea of watching something and immediately having to rate and review it. I often like to sit with things before I read other reviews, before I know what other people think I should think about a piece of art. That's actually like one of my favorite reasons I am in New York is 
if I have the time or money or opportunity to see something before I'm influenced in that way, like, you know, just genuinely seeing a commercial or an ad or knowing an actor is going to be in something and just going in cold. Yeah. I love that. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before about the idea of, you know, criticism and reviews and how they can sway and influence people. But and you're so good, Dylan. You're such a word of mouth kind of guy. Like when people give you, even on this podcast, like book recommendations, mm-hmm. you write it down and you read it. I try to. You do. You're so good at that. And I think there's something really nice about that. You, you know, instead of being like, oh, I heard it's too long or bad. You're just like, cool, I'll check it out. You know what I mean? So that's the, something the, I, I love about I do take your word for it, though. Like if you say to me, for example, there's that movie, The Green Knight, a few years ago, you're like, Dylan, do not go see it. And I was like, okay, I won't. Well, I knew you'd be bored. True. Wait, speaking of word of mouth, I need y'all who are in New York to go see these new Broadway musicals that have opened, chiefly Harmony and How to Dance in Ohio, because they're both really great. This is your doses of drama. I know. I don't know why I'm getting into this now, but... No, this is good. Listening to, like, what other people have to say, like, and taking that suggestion, if you ever take one of mine, go see these shows. They're both amazing in different ways. They're both new shows. You'll walk away with something new you've learned and things to talk about. And so, and I, I can't stop thinking about both of the shows. Of all the things we saw in New York a couple weeks ago, I, I those are the two that have stuck with me. And y'all... We talked about it earlier, but if you subscribe to Drama Plus, we did review all the shows we saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we didn't do it on the main pod yet, I guess. But I know. I mean, I especially was so moved by How to Dance in Ohio. I just... Oh, you were sobbing. Oh, my God. It's just so touching and like a come-from-away kind of way. I keep telling people that. That's the best way to describe it. Where you're just overwhelmed with feelings of pride and warmth, but not in a cheesy way. It's like... You're actually watching art created by people who the story is about. And it just has all these layers. And But you know what, though? I say that. And then <laughs> you and I were not well at the end of Harmony. No. Which I think is an unpopular opinion. I think word of mouth for Harmony has not been as good as when we saw it and enjoyed it. Agree. Like in my circles, like especially in like, you know, the work sphere world that I, you know, without getting too specific... People are like, oh, I heard it was bad. And then people just don't go see it because they hear that. But I think yeah. there's something to be said for just if something interests you, taking it in. As Sarah Bareilles says in the song King of Anything, we've all got opinions, man. We're all entitled to them, but I never asked. Whoa. <laughs> I miss her pop. I miss her pop era. I know. Yeah. Do you think that you'll be able to see The Waitress, as I famously called it on TikTok recently, in theaters? <laughs> you, you did call it The Waitress. I don't think so. I haven't really been able to go to the theater because of my immobility with my foot. I'm not really supposed to walk on it too much. Although yeah. I did randomly go to the movies last week because it, it was right next to my doctor's office. I had to go get my like bandages mm-hmm. changed. A likely, <laughs> a likely time. <laughs> well, and the only showtime that was really working for me was for the new Zac Efron movie, The Iron Claw. <laughs> Which is not, again, not in wide release. Oh, it's not? I mean, I, I don't think it's playing in here in Columbus yet. Oh, okay. Then I'll save my thoughts on it, but not what I thought it was going to be. It's, and a, it's sort of a biopic, right? Yes. It basically follows this family, specifically brothers, who are all in one way or another involved in wrestling, like right, WWE. Right, right, right. But there's a family curse that allegedly exists. You watch how they live their lives and navigate it and kind of wonder like, in the, in the least cheesy way possible, if this curse is really affecting 
how their lives play out. Wait, I, I'm suddenly way more interested than I ever was before. Obviously, they're not advertising it like that, but that's really sort of the through line of the story, other than like you're watching them hot guys you know, grow into and men and, hot and yeah. Tops and I have to say, I mean, Zach Efron, this is the last thing I'll say on it because I, as you said, it's not a wide release yet, but you know, Zach Efron obviously was the gay awakening of pretty much everyone our age, whether it was in High School Musical 1, 2, or 3, you're attracted to some iteration of that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, he went on to do like... Well, he did Hairspray. 17 again, Hairspray, The Lucky One. Uh, What was the one, the Charlie, the brother, Charlie, whatever that was? Something about Charlie St. Cloud. Charlie St. Cloud. He was such a movie star in the purest form. And he, low-key still is, like he hasn't done a TV show. And by low-key, I mean, he still is. Like he still got that movie star quality to him. But he wasn't the brother I was most into while watching the film. And it also wasn't Jeremy Allen White, who stars as Carmi in there. Okay, I'm doubly shocked. It was Twink King Harris Dickinson. Oh, okay, I do. I love him. He's so cute. He's going to be in the new Nicole Kidman thriller. Right. Where she's like the CEO of some company and he's an intern and they start like an illicit affair. Yeah. But he was in... Triangle of Sadness and that mo- that gay indie beach rats. See I mean, how they sure run. He was, he was in. He was. Mm-hmm. <gasps> using like his British accent. Is he British? I think he is British. Okay, I yeah, have to he's look using into his that. Native accent. He's in that this Hulu series I'm watching right now called Murder at the End of the World with Emma Corrin, and he's now, gorgeous that? in it. I actually really enjoy it, but it's very slow. It is it be- about a murder, or is that just like the title? It is about a murder. <laughs> <laughs> one singular murder um many murders and are they trying to solve the case yeah do you want me to like give you <laughs> i love when we yeah. explain things to each other on the podcast it's always so funny because this is absolutely something that you and i <laughs> would have a phone call about and i'd be like i'm watching this new show and then we'd ask each other like baseline questions but we go either is there a murder and i just go there is that's a um, classic mm-hmm, you line. Mm-hmm. The, the pause before. Uh-huh. <laughs> Basically, it's about a group of people who are invited to this like retreat in a d- undisclosed location by sort of like a Jeff Bezos type figure and his wife. And they're all like the greatest minds in technology, innovation, national security, things like that. And the idea is they're com- going to combat global warming and, and with this summit of the minds. And one of the people invited is Emma Corrin's character, who is a true crime author and a hacker who dedicated her book to the wife of this Jeff Bezos type character and who was a hacker herself and then was doxxed and then ended up marrying this guy and now this whole thing. And she had previously hunted down a serial killer with a best friend slash lover played by Harris Dickinson. Oh, so that's in flashback? It's in flashback. And then the gag of the pilot is he appears at the summit as well. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that sounds like a good pilot. After they haven't spoken in years after solving this true, this um, serial killer. Interesting. I mean, the, the setup is a bit Agatha Christie. It's, it's it, kind of, it so is murder. You know. And then murders start happening at this summit basically. And so it's, Wait, it sounds really good. It's really, it's good. You mentioned earlier that, that he's a twink, Harris Dickinson. Yes. And it made me think of the other twink in the news right now, the Senate twink, which it's been done to death. (laughs) There's been too many people discoursing it. But I'm thinking in my head right now about twinks captivating the general consciousness. 
And I'm thinking of the demon twink. Well, there was the year of the twink. Wasn't it 2019? It was pre-COVID. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Twenty eight, And then everyone sort of was like embracing their curves. And now randomly, because of Ozempic, Finn is like, quote unquote, in again. And mm -hmm. everyone wants to be skinny again. So well, people also like turned anything. on Lizzo. So I think that like that was also oh, a big shit. downfall of like body beautiful. Lizzo was the body beautiful ambassador ambassador really you're right mm -hmm. she was she's she's quietly been uncanceled because i noticed in the beyonce renaissance film she was mentioned in the vogue break my soul oh. beyonce version because yeah. beyonce took her out of some of them she did during the allegations period but so i was thinking yeah i'm on this whole twink train right now last episode was called the slut train not this one is not going to be called the twink train but the idea of someone having a video of themselves having sex in their workplace leak makes me think, <laughs> what would happen if someone in like a Broadway theater or like someone, it's not like people don't have sex in Broadway theaters. Like I'm sure it happens all the time in dressing rooms and stuff. Like Sending that. nudes from a dressing room, yes. stuff like that. It, the Broadway it twink would does. not capture the collective consciousness <laughs> of the nation. First of all, because there's plenty out there but I don't think it would be as big of a deal. Maybe a Broadway show needs some kind of fun press like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Not to say fun, I'm sure the producers would be like, this is a nightmare. I'm sure it would be classified as revenge porn. And then I think that would be the whole issue. <gasps> Only if it leaked, if it's an OnlyFans. Oh, that's, that's true. Self, self-produced. I self, wonder if Broadway you know? performers, if there's clauses in contracts about it. I know there have been performers that have yeah. publicly had only fans right definitely i also think that there's like that whole tie-in like we celebrate bodies and sexuality with like broadway bears and yeah. calendars and and bcefa yeah different like events or fundraisers I mean, yeah we have nudity on broadway all the time baby that's true is there any currently happening <laughs> well not since take me out i want to say you know i don't know of any other since take me out. Which this time yeah, a year ago was was out very much top of mind for us. <laughs> Does Cabaret have nudity? I feel like you see breasts. To quote Julia Roberts in um Notting Hill. <laughs> in Notting Hill. Breasts. I uh I don't know if there is. I don't remember if, if from when we saw it, I don't know if there is. But what else we'll has been there's so much to come. What else has been going on Broadway wise? We haven't discussed outside of Instagram DMs. Just announced this week, Kennedy Center's doing tick tick boom. Yes. Tony winner Brandon Uranowitz starring in it. And then Tony nominees Danae Benton and also Star of the Gold Age. And Tony nominee Gray Henson are all going to do it. I think that's such a great, interesting cast. It's inspiring. I wouldn't necessarily casting. think to put all them together, but yeah. love it. Yeah. I, I hope it's like good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. You know, Neil Patrick Harris is directing it. And he previously directed Rent at the Hollywood Bowl. So I definitely think he has his... With, with Vanessa Hudgens. With Vanessa Hudgens, yeah. She's so inextricably linked to the Jonathan Larson storyline. <gasps> Wait, you're right, because then she did the film of Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm -hmm. And she was in Rent Live. She was in Rent <laughs> at the Hollywood Bowl, Rent Live, and then Tick, Tick, Boom. Some might say she is sort of... <laughs> One of the foremost interpreters of Jonathan Larson's sacred texts. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's also Next, she's going to be in the um, the Jennifer Tepper-directed Jonathan Larson project. Was that what that was called? That was a 54 Below? Yeah. I loved that. I love that album. We should plant that idea in Jen's head. I remember when, when it, she was in Tick, Tick, Boom, we asked Jen how Vanessa was, and she was like, amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Vanessa as the Chris Rodriguez track. Okay. 
And then we have to fill in the blank of the other three. Mm-hmm. It was Nick Blameyer, George Salazar, Andy Miantis. Andy Miantis, Krista, Lauren Marcus. So it was five. Five. I'm like, there's seven. Okay. Well, I mean, Emily Ashford would be great in the Lauren Marcus totally. track. So we've got Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> I like that you're dream casting a, uh, a remounting of the Jonathan Larson project. I, I do the, find... Coming to the Kennedy Center I do soon. find that Nick Blamier does amazing work with Jonathan Larson's music. And I think oh, that he, true. if anyone, should continue on with it. And he's another one who's done... He did Tick, Tick, Boom and that. I'm sure he's done Rent, I'm right? Sure. He yeah. has to have. And George Salazar obviously did Tick, Tick, Boom as well. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. wow, 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 wow. Okay, so we still need to cast the others, but it'll come to me later maybe. But You know, on Drama Plus, we always tell the listeners to write in. We always tell them to write oh, in. So the question yeah. for this Twin Talk is, who would be your Jonathan Larson Project Dreamcast? This is such a niche thing, but I think if you're listening to drama, you know you know what the, what's going on. For some reason, Stark Sands and Zach Pizer popped into my head as like voices I'd want to hear doing some of those songs, but... I don't know. Definitely we'll Zach see. Kaiser, who we love on drama. Couldn't you hear Stark doing um, Valentine's Day well? Totally. That song? Now that we're talking about Jonathan Larson and interpretations of these pieces, I'm like, I gotta go to the Kennedy Center now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tick, Tick, Boom is so good, and Janae is gonna absolutely eat Come to Your Senses, so. They're, they are doing just one female track here. They're not splitting it. As, like, as, um, as it seems, as it stands now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how it's going to sell, because none of those three, like, aren't, like, movie star names that might need to sell a production. They're Broadway names, so. True, but I think Kennedy Center's got the subscribers, so they always have that on their, uh, gosh, only time we ever saw anything there was in the Heights at the Kennedy Center, which I'm sure we've mentioned. And why, Connor? I mean, while we're, she's been the the godmother of this (laughs) podcast, why did we go see in the Heights at the Kennedy Center? Okay, well, first and foremost, it's in my top five five favorite musicals. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know you love it too, oh, but yeah. it was because of it was because of Baby V, of course. Vanessa Hudgens was playing Vanessa, actually. You know, we did go to the stage door to meet her, and we have not done a stage door thing in you know at least more than a decade. You know, since we were kids, but we had to had to had to had to meet Vanessa Hudgens. I knew it would be iconic. I think it's still on my Instagram, y'all. If you scroll back, you know, to what we do is that twenty eighteen. Yeah. But yes, she was so good. And Anthony Ramos was Usnavi. And Anna Villafanye was Nina. And Eden Espinosa was Daniela. Wow, amazing cast. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Okay, but anyway, we were discussing Kennedy Center. But anything else in the theater news that you have on your mind that you want to chat about? The only other thing that's interesting, I mean, you hear these news outlets all the time posting like, oh, this show is in development. And then you never hear about it again. But Michael Arden is going to be directing and is working on a musical adaptation of The Lost Boys, which is that campy, I mean, I don't know if it was campy at the time, but it's like a horror thriller comedy from the 80s. Don't they fly? About about vampires. Do they fly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I actually just watched that movie for the first time. Well, actually, Ellen, you sat down to watch it with me during COVID and famously fell asleep five minutes in and I finished it without you. Oh my God. Why did I okay. do that? Why didn't I just wait for you to wake up? Oh, how ah, cruel. Who can say? Who can say? You you had a, a list to get through. As we said earlier, you were trying to make your way through all the movies during COVID, My Virgo but... behavior back then was like clearing a DVR. Was there anything more mm-hmm. <laughs> like more satisfying than the, the DVR? Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. Crossing the list. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Which I mean, DVRs, do people have those anymore? I mean. Yeah. Our parents still do, believe it or not. <laughs> People who have cable yeah. have them. So Real Housewives, obviously there's so much airing right now. I'm sure we've talked about it on the other pod and on the 
drama plus and everything, but we have not discussed Real Houses of New York legacy. It's the ultimate girls trip following the New York alums together in St. Bart's in the same home they were in, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And same villa. So satisfying. Which I didn't know they were going back to the place, that same place in that trip. From what, season six or seven? Yeah, six, I think. Because Takeman was on the trip. Oh, so it probably was five. Because Kristen Takeman was not on the trip. And yeah, that that sounds right. That's right. Well, wasn't Luann a friend? She was a friend the next year. I know, I always confuse those two. But it's because of that trip, I think that she was withholding about her life, you know, telling the, she had the hot mic moment. She addresses, addresses it on the show. Right. I think they decided to demote She's her amazing. to just being like a friend, AKA a recurring cast member, but it's so good. So we've got Luann, Sonia, Ramona, Dorinda, Kristen Takeman. I feel like I needed to give two names there. And Kelly mm-hmm. Bensimone, Kelly Kilgore Bensimone. Yeah. And right. okay. Three episodes in, what are your thoughts? I'm loving it. It's to me, like as it's, this is airing while Salt Lake, Potomac, those are the only other two ones that I watch are also airing. It's just Beverly such a Hills. breath of fresh air to me. <laughs> Beverly Hills. But don't get me wrong. I love all that's going on. And like, this isn't like their lives. It's them on a trip talking about their lives as opposed to like moving forward with storylines about their lives, really. So it's different. It's like a different setting, but I absolutely love it. It is so funny. It's so nice to see them again, which I mean, obviously Luann and Sonia just had their crappy Lake series and Ramona has never really gone away, but especially to see when oh, Dorinda was on that one ex-wives trip, but just to see them all together, it's no one fights and makes up like these women. No one is able to put themselves out there like them, the way they flirt with the local men, the way that they dance and they're all about having fun. It's so much looser than the heaviness of, I'm just going to say, which I think is that it's having its banner season, Salt Lake, even Beverly Hills right now, which feels heavy a little bit. Yeah. Ways. Well, I agree. And it's especially weird to think about Roni Legacy and then the season 14 that they just did with the whole new cast, which send it back in the mail. Nothing iconic about that season at all. If things wouldn't have been turned into memes, I wouldn't remember like anything that happened. Honestly, I mean, I love Bran. I think she's a star. And I think Jessel was a fun TV character, but the rest I don't care about. And Jenna Lyons was super interesting, but she wasn't interested in like, playing the game so i doubt she'd be back for another season Mm -hmm. these women on this legacy trip like sure they've been in the game for a long time but they're still missing that awareness in the areas where it counts and i think that's where season 14 roni or these other franchises there's too much awareness of what i'm getting in my dms am i the fan favorite who's the fan favorite is this you know blah 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 blah. how am i going to come across Mm -hmm. whereas sonia at least seems like she doesn't know how she's going to come across. I'm sure she's oh, putting on a show. Diving but naked into the pool. It's so you know? fun. They are missing a couple more bodies. Agree. Who do you think would have added to um, it? Well, they all asked this question to each other, and I actually couldn't agree more, Tinsley, mm-hmm. because yeah. I love the idea of catching up with a wife who's had a lot of stuff happen off camera that, and it, she's not necessarily like doing Watch What Happens Live and stuff. So would love to have seen her because she just got married. I think she's also on Ozempic, which is crazy because she was already so skinny. She looks unhealthy. I'm actually worried about her. Uh, But Tinsley would have been great on the trip. I, of course, always want Carol. But she's so jaded that it wouldn't even be fun. So I think Carol with Heather would have been an interesting addition. Yeah. Heather Holla Thompson. Period. I know. Because I think they were on the original trip, right? They were. Yeah, that would have been great uh, to have them back. Aviva. 
Aviva, who, yeah, no, don't need her and, and don't need Bethany, but Aviva think, got divorced. Right, right. Wild. No, it's super fun. And I think that it should be, uh, your friend Gibson actually posted this on Twitter. Every year they should redo this and visit another iconic site of a trip. They're going to run out of them quick, but I think that it would be fun for three or four seasons. Well, he said that about Roni, but I immediately was like, okay, well, we can do this with other franchises too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, send the Beverly Hills women back to Amsterdam, bring in, bring Yolanda and Kim and Rena back. And I don't know, I guess yeah. it's hard when some of them are still on their flagship series, like with Roni being over for them. It was on just, pause. On pause. <laughs> but yeah, so good. Highly recommend that. Okay, so Dramwa, I know we usually take it to our listeners to ask us about some scoop, some, you know, Dumwa equals Dramwa. If you're new to the show, that's kind of the vibe. People submit yeah, things yeah, yeah. to us. But I want to talk about some of the fun celeb casting happening on Broadway this spring. And even now, I mean, Sarah Paulson in a play mm-hmm. and Elle Fanning is in it from The Great, yes. obviously, and 20th Century Women, amongst other projects. But, and then we've got Joe Locke from Heartstopper coming in. Joining Sweeney. So fun. Amazing casting. I mean, can he sing? Ooh, I would hope. I guess he has to in a way. Yeah. But the one I'm most excited about, and I'm sure I'm forgetting others, but Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules doing Roxy Hart in Chicago. Like, I know. Unbelievable. Well, we just saw her slay on Dancing with the Stars. She didn't win. I think she came in third. She did. Yeah, which I felt was a respectful place for her at the end there. But I mean, this is like why Roxy exists, right? <laughs> I love that take. Yes. It's, it's a headline grabbing starlet who's seizing her moment of stardom. And Ariana has done that in the last year. I know. And you know what I realized? She's going to be in it while Vanderpump season 11, season 11 is airing. Oh. So she's going to be having another moment. I'm sure she's going to be like, you know, doing the whole press circuit for both shows. She'll be on Watch What Happens mm-hmm. Live. Like, I have to see her. I was going to ask, yeah, do you have plans with that with your friends to to get tickets? Or? No, but don't you want to go too? It's, it's famously not like the easiest to get tickets to Chicago, like discounted. True. That's actually such a good point. I mean, it's probably a TKTS, right? I Actually, yeah. I know people who paid a lot of money to see Jinx Monsoon in it. A lot. I, I know people who paid money to see Jinx and Pamela Anderson. Ooh, I, oh, I forgot about Pam. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I cannot wait to see Ariana. Like, I am really excited for this moment that she's having, and I'm also excited for Vanderpump Season 11. But And we know she other... can sing. She's been on a James Kennedy single. Oh, my God. How could I forget that? And she has a theater background, too. So, like, this just feels like it was on its way. Do we have any, like, other celebs coming that I left off the list there? Yeah, there's also that that um, Enemy of the People play that's going to have Jeremy Strong and Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos, more recently, The White Lotus. And then a young woman from You, right? Yeah, well, no, you know her too, Dylan. She was in the Netflix horror show that came out in 2020. Hill House. Haunting of Hill, Hill House. Yes, yeah. and the, um, the other one. Blind, the, bli- the Blind, the blind Manor. Yes, and she's in you, of course, too, but I love her. Was she the bent neck lady? Spoiler alert. Four-year spoiler alert for people who haven't watched The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, but she is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. She is. Period. That's going to be great. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so there's a lot of celebs coming to Broadway this season, which always helps bring in the tickets and the buzz. True. Okay, Dylan, do we want to move on to a closing segment, a dose of drama, or do you feel like yours was good? 
do you feel like you shared what's on your heart and mind this week? Yeah, I will reiterate with my dose of drama is to go see Harmony and How to Dance in Ohio. Love. Okay. What about you? I do have one because I texted you this yesterday and you were like, oh my God, Connor, the things that keep you up at night. But I am feeling um, so passionate about this. And I honestly, I know it's early to tell. We don't know what's going to happen come Oscars night. But I really, 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 really feel in my heart that Ryan Gosling should win this Oscar supporting actor for playing Ken in Barbie. He was absolutely amazing. I love when a much loved actor makes a splash in an iconic role. This immediately became one of his iconic roles and he should have an Oscar by now. I think he wasn't nominated for Blue Valentine, should have gotten it then. And I think a case can be made for him in La La Land. But I really, really want him to win. You know, Charles Melton in May, December is picking up some of these critics wins and all, you know, and he was amazing too. But I just feel like Barbie was the moment, is the moment. Gosling, I mean, he's releasing a Christmas version of I'm Just Ken, I guess, coming out today. Probably when you've heard this, you'll hear that. But I just (laughs) love him. And I really, really, really want this to be his time. So I'm putting that energy out into the world. I know that's something stupid to worry about, but. I think that's fun. We'll see. How iconic would it be to say that someone won an Oscar for playing Ken? <laughs> no one's done it. No one's done it. It's like how someone won, someone won an Oscar for playing Santa. I'm ready for it. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Best Picture, Best Director, all that stuff. But I really think because of the sensation that Barbie is and the way it got people excited to go to the movies, I really, oh, yeah. I need him to win. Need. I think that's so funny. I don't, I don't mind as much. That is my favorite <laughs> category. So this This year, for sure. I love the two featured categories always. Featured or supporting or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. you know. Featured mm-hmm. performer even. I know some of these awards bodies are not having gender attached, which is cool and interesting. And, it, you know, it's mostly female mm-hmm. identifying actresses who are in these categories anyway. But Dylan, this was so fun. There's so, so much going fun. on. I feel yes. like we have a positive spirit going to the holidays, even though we our family is dealing with a hard time. But I love that we have this podcast where we get to connect together about the things we love and to look ahead and look back on this year and really celebrate the good parts. Oh my God. I couldn't have said it better myself. I agree. And everyone should keep us, keep following us on social media, the drama podcast at the drama pod on TikTok. And then if you're feeling generous and have some extra pennies in your pocket this holiday season, check out our Patreon. We're just uh, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. Thanks, Dylan. Happy holidays. And follow Connor at Connor McDowell and me at Dylan McDowell. Yeah. Happy holidays to you. I will see you at home soon. And actually, I will see you next time as well. (laughs) Drama. Drama.